Hello. Hello! I'm Robin. And I'm Jess. And this is the Hell Yeah Roller Derby podcast. In this episode, we're going to be doing something a little different. The next full length episode of Hell Yeah Roller Derby is in the works with a topic and interviews and all that good stuff. But since it isn't ready yet, we thought we'd fill the gap with a little morsel of an episode to keep us going. Consider this the halftime snack that perfectly complements the post-game pig-out meal, or something like that. So, no guests in this one, just me and Jeff catching up about our derby lives now that we're living in different parts of the country. And we'll also be spitballing some ideas for topics we want to cover in future episodes. If you keep listening, we'd love to hear your thoughts on which of these topic ideas we should pursue, especially if you think you'd be a good person for us to interview. Uh, so Robin, yeah. uh, how is it going up in the north? It's good, yeah. Um, so I think in the last episode I mentioned that I kind of had a bit of a choice between two leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, there were there were two leagues that were, that were the closest. Um, so I've kind of, um, yeah, so I think I left off saying that I'd been to both. Um, and I, I preferred one um, over another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have now joined that league. Um, I am a I'm a fee paying member. Um, exciting. Should I say yeah? Should I say what it is? Hot wheel? Should I say it's hot wheel? It's hot wheel. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so because I mean I think that will just that top secret will just get out eventually. So. Yeah, I mean someone would just look at my Facebook profile picture and see me in a hot wheel uniform and be like, oh, mystery solved. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah, um, yes, it's good. Yes, yeah, so I played a game with them um at the end of last month which was really good um and yeah I think it was just it's just really nice you know it's hard moving somewhere new when you don't Mm. know anyone and when people are just kind of willing to just like let you just join the team immediately and you know play games and stuff it's I Mm. don't know I think you really need that like I think the there was no kind of probation period, or not that I'm aware of anyway. <laughs> um, um, it was just like, yeah, once you joined, you joined, and now you're a league member, and it was just like that. So, yeah, so it's been really nice. Um, it's very different, though, very different to Croydon, very different people, very different kind of, I don't know, trainings run very differently. Okay. Um, yeah, so, like... I don't know. There's a lot of the kind of things that I thought were universal things that that we've we used to do at Croydon mm-hmm. aren't universal things, and they do things mm-hmm. a different way. Isn't um, that funny? How we're I don't know. Probably a lot of us in our little league bubble, um, and even someone like you, you know, you you play quite a lot of challenge team games mm-hmm. and stuff, but still, um, things that you thought were the norm are obviously not the norm everywhere yeah it's really interesting yeah and it's all just I mean there, there's a lot a lot about um fo- like folding you know when you're in a wall and you're the brace and let's say the jammer breaks through between two people mm-hmm. and we would in Croydon we would always um the brace would fold into the wall and the person who is like least contacted at that time would become the new brace Yes, um, and maybe they maybe they do do that, but they don't call it folding. 
And they definitely don't do it the way that I try to do in one session where I just like, I don't know, it, it, it all went wrong. Um, <laughs> so there's been quite a few of those. Like jamming, it's not too bad. I mean, you don't know, like, when there's, you know, like, when we we always used to sweep in a certain way at Croydon, and mm-hmm. they do things a little bit differently, I think, or, I don't know, yeah, I, I, I feel like jamming was a lot easier at Croydon, maybe not a lot easier, but it was easier at Croydon, but that would have been, and I didn't really realise it, that it wasn't me, it was, it was knowing exactly what people were going to do, you know, knowing yes. the tactics, and, yeah. You know, I'd know instinctively what you were going to do. And I didn't even realise I knew that until mm. I was in a position where I was with new people and they did things differently. Sure. Um, so it's so. much more, I guess, like, well, at the moment it's more like when you play a game and you're coming up against people you haven't played against before. Yeah, and played with. Like, I don't know, yeah, mm. it's, it's the element of... Because blocking I've always struggled with anyway, but I think um, I, I've always thought that I wasn't a very good blocker. And that is true. <laughs> no. But, <laughs> but it's definitely, I don't know, just really, really simple things. Like, they're, they're very basic blocking, you know, moves are really mm-hmm. different. Um, so I will get used to it. But sometimes, like, sometimes I'm doing stupid stuff because I'm not really good at blocking. And sometimes I'm doing stupid stuff because it's not stupid stuff. It's just if only one person does it, it doesn't work and they don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, it's not Yeah, sure. Things. It sounds like you just need time to um, become a member of the team. Like, you're entering into um, a space with people who've already managed to gel together and they've trained together and learn the same tactics. Yeah. Um, and obviously yeah. there's going to be a, a period of adjustment there where you get to know those tactics. So I wouldn't feel bad about it, Robin. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I've, the, I mean, the one biggest change for me is I've started jamming properly now. So I am, I'm a, I'm a jammer now. Okay. Um, which is good, and it, it's sort of one of those things where it's like, be careful what you wish for, <laughs> because. <laughs> I've I've always wanted to be a jammer like well not always like when I first started skating I assumed I would be a blocker because I've got probably more of a blocker build I haven't got long legs or you know I'm not like skinny or anything which Mm -hmm. we know now isn't how it works but back back in the day um and I was like oh you know and I and I always felt like I wasn't very light on my feet and things so I thought I'll always be a blocker but then when I started doing it I realized actually I, I like jamming and I found jamming you know easier to do and more enjoyable so I was yeah so I've always wanted to be a jammer really since then and now I am and now I think oh I would love to do some more blocking (laughs) (laughs) um and I don't know whether it's it's like an innate anxiety about um focusing too much on one thing I think so Mm. it's not that I actually enjoy blocking um although it's nice when it when it works when you feel like you're not the weak link in the chain <laughs> it's nice but um yeah I feel like I'm I don't know I, I I'm worried that if I concentrate too much on jamming I'll I won't be a good enough jammer to let's say you know later on some better jammers join and you know I'm not I won't be a rustable jammer anymore let's say mm-hmm. and then but and then but then I won't be a good blocker either <laughs> um so I don't yeah. know. It's always going to be that toss-up between uh, specialising in one thing and finding your niche and developing uh, expertise in that particular area. And then at the same time, you are, I suppose, pigeonholing yourself 
um, potentially and limiting yourself um, on what you can do. But can you, I don't know, I feel like that's an interesting um, topic for an episode maybe that uh, should you try and be develop yourself as an all-rounder or is it better to try and develop your niche as a player and focus on um, really developing as a blocker, really developing as a jammer? Mm. Even if it ended up being like, I just I just wasn't a good enough jammer, I could go back to blocking and I'd just have to learn learn it again, you know, learn blocking again. Um, and it's not that I'm not doing any blocking at all. It's just it, it really brought it home to me. We had a scrimmage on Sunday and I was just like, you know, even really basic stuff, like I got a destruction of the pack. Um, oh, no, it was a failure to reform, which is actually even worse. <laughs> that was the worst. That was the stupidest uh, one. <laughs> they're, like, so naughty when I get a failure to reform. Yeah. You just feel like the ref is looking at you kind of just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know, you, you had one job. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know, I, I did warn you there was no pack. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, so I got, yeah, I got, and I didn't even, like, my brain just, like, was like, huh? <laughs> What's that? And then I was like, oh, fuck. Um, and I was like, that's how bad it's gotten, that I haven't, I haven't really been blocking for a while. But so your pack awareness is not, is not good. No, yeah, and I've, yeah, I've just forgotten, like, the most basic things, and, like, um, bridging, you know, I, you, like, there's a couple of times where I nearly didn't bridge, um, and I was like, oh, it's, it's basics. <laughs> <laughs> and like those are things that you know almost all leagues do the same <laughs> you know maintaining yes. the pack and bridging you know I can't be like oh in Croydon we, we did it different yeah <laughs> we maintained the pack di- oh no we didn't no, that's no, why. <laughs> those are just the rules um so yeah so I I think I'll forget how to block um but I, I don't know as long as I stick to my pot plant which I don't think I've mentioned on the podcast before. That's my prime blocking move, which is just uh-huh. sit in a lane. <laughs> um, and that I, I think the pop plan works a lot. It works, you know, works more than more than people think yeah. it works. Yeah, um, I've got a lot of faith, a lot of faith in the pop plan. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I like patented the pop plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I should. I might start my own like um, roller derby training company and go around teaching the pop plan to people. Sure, uh, just stand really sturdy. <laughs> yeah, and then just yeah, but that is like when if you're jamming, almost like in some it depends who it is, but often the people who move around the most are the best because they destroy the wall really quickly you know like they they chase you around the track mm-hmm. get in the way of their other you know other blockers mm-hmm. and make big gaps in the wall and then you're like yes <laughs> um so the pot i think that's why the pot plant is successful because you, you know you don't you don't move that much <laughs> or at all in some cases but oh, yeah. you don't leave big gaps so yeah sure i believe you buddy i think it's a good approach <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I've always got the pot plant anyway. If, if all else fails, I'll just do the pot plant. Uh, what about you? What's What's been going on with Vice Squad? What's been going down? What has been going on with Vice Squad? Well, actually, uh, Croydon's Vice Squad has been on a little winning streak um mm. not to jinxes. I'm just gonna touch some wood um we've played 
a couple of games in the last couple of months. So who did we play? Uh, we went over to Wales, just over the border, <laughs> to play the Riot City Ravens, um, who were lovely to play against. It's literally you just go to Wales and it's like you go over a bridge and then it's just right there in Newport. I didn't quite realise how um, how close they were, so that was fun, uh, which we won. And we won. Uh, I think it's fair to say that we thought the odds were stacked against us in that case because we were only able to kind of by virtue of circumstance and injuries and the fact that it was an away game that was quite far away, um, we were only able to field eight players for that game. Right. So um, we... That's like joked. a sevens tournament then, basically. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that was our like way of uh, gallows, gallows way of coping with the situation where we talked about it. It was like, oh, it's just like a, a sevens tournament, but the other team can have a full roster. <laughs> it's just like a sevens tournament for us. Um, but you know what? We I, I don't know if that was kind of knowing that you had to work hard. There was no room to slack. Like there was mm. no there was no chance that you were going to be have a little breather on the bench um, for a couple of jams. So I don't know if that's what made us really pull together. Um, but we did take the win there, which was really nice. Um, and then we've also recently, more recently played... Robin, who have we played? We oh, know. we went to the Thunderdome, which is our first oh, yeah. time. Yeah, very exciting. Um, haven't skated in the Thunderdome before. Vice has since skated there, or at least not for a very long time. Not, not all the time I've been at Croydon. Um, pretty crazy to skate in a dedicated roller derby venue. Um, mm. Amazing to have that resource. I wish we had something like that down here in the south. Um, I am going to say I did not love the floor there oh. <laughs> the dome um have you skated there before yeah so i, I think it's like a marmite floor because i actually really liked it really oh liked God. it yeah what's, i don't know why what's wrong with you <laughs> i know yeah i think i was just a little bit uh i was a bit bamboozled by it i can see how um if you had more time on a floor like that you could i'm sure grow to love it and you would adapt to it um but it was just i felt like it was so um different to the floor that we skate on in Croydon, a practice venue. Um, and I think also, you know, I'm just not necessarily a good enough or experienced enough skater yet that I can adapt quite quickly to a floor. I imagine yeah. if you are a better skater and you have more experience. I know some people just don't, they don't really change their wheels out. They just, you know, get on the floor and they practice a little bit and they adapt their skating yeah. style to the floor. Yeah. And I just think I'm not there yet really yeah. on that so something to work on um and for that we had um I think nine I think we ended up with one more person in the game before so we're sort of slowly slowly adding people to the roster but still very short um and we took a win there which was again great fun yeah um, lovely team to skate against lovely host league um and then recently we played uh, a home game it was actually my first home game skating with Vice, so it was like, pretty exciting. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I hadn't realised. It's weird, yeah, you've played so many games now with Vice, like, it's weird. Yeah, we play, I realised we've been playing a lot of away games, and also we haven't played a home um, double header at Croydon mm. since playing against Stuttgart, which was just before I started getting rostered with Vice. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, so home venue, um, which felt, you know, a bit of extra pressure because I had some friends coming, even though our home venue is, is a little bit far out at Haywood's Heath. Miles um, away. Yeah, I managed to convince some people to come, even though it was like train strikes, you know, and uh, I don't know. It like takes an hour as it is anyway. Like, yeah, yeah. So that's, you know, it's interesting when there's all those extra obstacles to getting fans to the venue, like no trains. Um, yeah. But actually, it was fine. We were a little bit short again. Unfortunately, we've been having some really bad luck with injury and sickness. And yeah, it's really weird. Because who... just as I left, there were there, there was always enough people, like always like a full four team ready to play games. Um, so, yeah, it's just been a few like injuries yeah, and stuff just been a few months we've had yeah some bad luck with some some people getting broken and then we've had some sickness and you know these life things that get in the way so we were skating uh with a short roster again um and you know i we did sort of know dublin obviously have um a reputation as being a very uh high level league overall mm. dublin's we were playing um dublin's b and c team Dublin's A team are um, kind of like way, way, way up there in, yeah. in the ranks, like way above, above um, our tier. Um, so we were expecting a pretty tough fight, and they gave us a pretty tough fight. But we again, we took the win fairly convincingly. So um, yeah, really chuffed with that. So yeah, I I don't know. I think maybe now with Vice we have. Um, I suppose the the thing is with a B team, um, well, a B team in especially in a league of our size is there's it's always kind of has a transitional nature, it has a transient mm, nature. Yeah, um, yeah. We're sort of fairly constantly losing people upwards to the A team, and fairly consistently having new people join us from rookies. Yeah. Um, which is great in that it, it really keeps things fresh, and you have to kind of. Um, you know, learn those things as a team, um, you know, again and again and, and kind of build that team again. But obviously I think that means it can be difficult to um, consistently uh, play games and win them um, mm-hmm. when, you're, when your lineup's always a little bit different. But I suppose we've got to a point now in Vice where there is a good chunk of us who have been able to train together now for probably the last six to 12 months yeah um and then yeah maybe that's what this is you know we're just being able to see kind of the fruits of that consistent training together um so yeah that's really nice no more games scheduled for the rest of the year as far as I know we're sort of taking a little not an off season but letting our bodies recover a little bit from all the games that we're playing and then back into it in the new year yeah, I think most people have a bit of a break now, don't they? Like, not not an official break, but, you know, um, Champs is over and, you know, people, you know, people people play maybe a few kind of friendly games, but most people want to have a bit of a break. Yes, yeah. Have you been playing any Challenge Team games up there in the north? Do you kind of have the, well, same, it's the same culture of that up there? No, no. So, oh. I, so yeah, I've been thinking about it because... Uh, the challenge teams I'm I'm in quite a few challenge teams because there was a time when I had past mittens and was kind of ready to be able to play games and sort of knew how to play games and was scrimmaging but wasn't rosterable yet on the B team mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to get some experience so I did quite a lot of uh, I joined quite a lot of challenge teams and played quite a lot of challenge team games for a while 
and I would I would still do those um but I think I've been thinking quite a lot about it and because most of the games of, of the Chinese teams that I'm in are mm. in London mm. um there's a, kind of the occasional one outside especially when you think about the big challenge teams um so I'm in side division they play some games sometimes outside of London mm-hmm. um I'm not in regime regime but they do play um some outside of London and yeah there are a few that that do um but I think a lot of a lot of the kind of challenge team culture in London is based around a having three leagues in the same place mm-hmm. um and b because LRG is so hard to get into you've got some very competent players who are still not able to get into the C team sure so yeah, yeah they're people who've been play- playing for maybe three years and they're they're not quite at the right you know they're not quite at the right level or they're not quite what what you know what they're looking for um so they you know they can play a bit on in the rec league but but in order to play games they need to play um challenge team games so yeah yeah so and there doesn't it doesn't seem to exist as much up here and I don't know whether it's because everybody I don't know the leagues are a bit more desperate for players so I know Hot Wheel um the B team's quite new um mm-hmm. so it's not anywhere near as established as Croydon you know actually they do have spaces on the B team for people and I know Leeds Roller Dolls is a bit more competitive um but you know they they've had a lot of trouble with trying to find you know whole space um i know um spa town which is in harrogate mm-hmm. um they've got actually quite a good venue um but again it's like getting you know people getting there and stuff like that so yeah so mm-hmm. i just I, I think most people who want to play royal derby now you know can up here yeah um, sure. and i think that's the, that's why why there aren't as many challenge team games, uh, but I might be wrong. It might be, it might be other things. It might be just there aren't that many. There aren't as many people. Um, I don't yeah, know. maybe it's the geographical spread. Yeah, that people spread out over a much wider area. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. That, that, mm. Yeah, that could be it. More of this. But anyway, you, you, so you, sorry. After, so about fifteen minutes ago, you said <laughs> you were playing more um, challenge team games. Tell, tell me, because you did one recently that was a bit of a first, I think, for you. Yeah, I did. So, yeah, I've been playing a few more challenging games as it is um, fairly easy to do that in London. Um, and I played one the other week, which was uh, co-ed, my first co-ed game. Or I should say probably uh, maybe co-ed's not the right phrase. Maybe it would be, be more accurate to say gender inclusive. Okay. Um so, yeah, I was playing for Team Unicorn Roller Derby, uh, mm. Turd, obviously, as they're known. Love Turd. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd never, I haven't played with Turd before, so it was a first for me. Um, and we were playing against ASAB, which is Assigned Skater at Birth. Um, and Assigned Skater at Birth described himself as the first trans and gender non-conforming roller derby challenge team. Nice. Uh, and I just noticed on their Facebook page, their tagline is, if you ain't cis, get in dis. <laughs> um, I okay. can appreciate that. That's a pretty good tagline. Yeah, that good. Um, so, yeah, that was um, that was really interesting for me because I, I really haven't played on a team with 
um, men before. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I played the odd, I suppose, very occasionally at Croydon we have male players um, come and join us, you know, for scrims, but it is, it's kind of vanishingly rare. Mm. Um, my experience is of playing women's roller derby. And I feel like uh, up front, I almost need to qualify this. I've just been doing some reading actually around um, gender and roller derby and kind of fell down a rabbit hole of, of, of gender and, and um, male roller derby and, and, and all this stuff and a bunch of articles. And um, I kind of realised it's, I feel like there's a, a linguistical minefield a little bit here and I that I'm not always navigating that well. Yeah. So I suppose when I when I say that I'm playing, I've never played with men in roller derby. I suppose what I mean there is I've never played with cis men. Yeah. Or people who identify as men. Um, obviously we were then in, within the context of that game, um, we were playing with people who maybe identified as gender non-binary or yeah. or a cis man or a cis woman or a trans man or a trans woman. Um, so yeah, if I anyone listening if I slip up there and I'm saying female when I mean woman or I'm saying man when I mean cis man um yeah just to say there it's it's kind of not on purpose and I'm definitely always trying to educate myself on that stuff but yeah as I found in the game actually I didn't realize uh kind of how easy it was to slip up on that stuff so Mm. we'd had a request before before the game and then kind of right at the start to could you uh if people could try and remember to use neutral pronouns Mm. Um, which is obviously a completely um, understandable, valid request. So just trying to use uh, they and them rather than he, she, so that there was no kind of misgendering happening. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, of course, I've, I've got this. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be absolutely fine doing that on the track. That'll be no problem. And then at the beginning of the game, I was blocking mainly. And I realised kind of too late, I'd already said, but I realised almost immediately that I was saying she when I was I was kind of blocking and I was referring to the jammer and tracking the movements of the jammer and I never really realized how um how easy that is to do like I didn't even think about it I'm used to playing against people who would use the pronoun she um Mm. all the time uh so yeah Yeah, that was kind of interesting we've we've been a bit brainwashed to like you know always say this the person that looks like this is she and the person that looks like this is he. And that's mm. a that's a thing you, that your brain does without you being able to intervene sometimes. And like it is possible obviously to retrain your brain to do that, but it but obviously there'll be some mistakes in mm. there, I think. Yeah, um, you have to like push back against what you've developed developed as a reflex. Yes, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I had to like, yeah, learn um there obviously just just trying to say like just jammers on the outside jammers on the inside um mm. and then I actually um because I was down uh I said I'd be happy to, to jam or block and I've been put on as, as maybe a blocker and then unfortunately one of our jammers quite early on had to um had to pull out of playing because their their leg was injured and so they're like okay you wanted to jam you can you're going to jam now you're going to do the jammer rotation um which did make that element a lot easier obviously as a jammer you're not really you don't have to talk to <laughs> well you're, you spe- to yeah, talk. you're supposed to talk but you, in, in practice you don't really have to talk yeah so yeah. very very easy not to not to mess up on that when you um you are a jammer yeah. uh so yeah that was an interesting experience for me I did mainly um from then on out I jammed I didn't do any blocking for the rest of the game which was 
um, not what I normally do. Mm. Um, but I did, I done good. Like I actually got the ace apple very sweet and gave me the best jammer. Yeah. Uh, best jammer award, which is, I think my first, uh, yeah, definitely my first best jammer award because it's not something that I do that much. Um, yeah, it did make me realize I really enjoyed jamming and I was really happy to, um, get quite a lot of the points for for the team but bloody hell jamming is knackering eh yeah like, yeah so much <laughs> yeah yeah I've got really fat recently as well so it's even more tiring now like, it's like dragging yeah. all that weight around oh there. honestly yeah. yeah my ass is like hanging over the side of the chair and I just ate like a custard egg custard tart um mm. but it was really nice um <laughs> but yeah I'm gonna have to like get back in shape I think um, but yeah so so tight well it, de- it depends as well like it depends what I tell you what's the most tiring, and you're mm. supposed to really love this as a jammer. Um, when the other jammer goes in the box, um, and mm-hmm. like if you whether you've got lead or not, you know if they're in the box, you want to most of the time, unless you've got something else, another tactic going on, you want to just run it out and just do as many laps yeah. as you can. You've got thirty seconds to just get as many laps as you can. Yeah, and you're supposed to be like, yes, now's my time. <laughs> but really, <laughs> really, it's just like knackering doing lap yeah I never feel like that yeah I mean if your offense is really good then you're just doing laps almost Mm. um but if your offense isn't isn't great or um I don't know if if things aren't communicating well or you know things going wrong like Mm. you can just like I did one recently once where like I did I did a few laps um and then I just got stuck and like nothing was working like Uh, I couldn't I couldn't coordinate the offense properly um, I don't think they knew what I wanted. Um, I was do- they started to do something, and I thought they were doing something else. I'd do the opposite, and you know, like, you know, all that kind of stuff that goes horribly wrong. And I just mm-hmm. was like stuck for like ages. Um, so yeah, um, so I think it's very frustrating as well when you are you feel like you're not able to make good use of a power jam. Yes, when yeah. you're a jammer, and you're just like. God damn it! I'm being like handed this on a plate, and I, no, I still <laughs> can't using it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, and mm. it's like the worst thing is like at the end, at the end of the jam, and you go back to the bench, and you're just like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry for that. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. But it was, it was, it was really good fun. Um, it, but it was, it was kind of mind-boggling to play with men, particularly when I was blocking. Uh, when I was blocking, I was quite out of sorts with it because it made me realize I think men or the men I was playing with are learning a different game Mm. slightly like uh, there was a kind of uh, preference for example for cubes and for cubes off the line Mm. Um, and now I don't know if that's just the particular team these guys are from and that we don't tend to do that in creating that much like it's not our default Mm. um but I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and just that I felt they, men are maybe learning to, well, they're either learning to, or it's a natural default to like use their bodies in a different way. Yes. Um, yeah. And that was quite, just quite confusing when you're just used to people, you know, you're kind of predicting people to do a certain thing. And then that, that these people are just doing something totally different. Uh, yeah. But you're, you know, you're still playing roller derby, but it's like a different kind of roller derby to yeah. what you've played before. But have you ever played any co-ed or gender inclusive? No, so I've had the same situation as you, Croydon. You know, we had we'd have like a few um, 
men who come along occasionally and they've got the same situation as Hot Wheels. So it's a, it's a women's league, but um, yeah, like one or two, you always get one or two, well, not always, but occasionally you get one or two men coming along. Um, there's a reason why I've never played a carrot game um, and that's because I don't like playing with men. <laughs> um, and it's not, you know, they're, they're often very lovely people, but if you're a short woman, everything seems to be going on above your head almost, you know, um, when you get, and when you get hit, they might hit your shoulder, but nine times out of 10, it glances your face. Like, even if it's not hard, Ooh. you know, like it's not a high block, you know, it's not, it's not a hit to your face um yeah. I don't know maybe you didn't find that but I I find that I found that quite a lot I'm quite scared of tall people in general I think that's what it is I think it's not mm. it's not a man or a woman thing or anything like that I think it's just I'm scared of tall people <laughs> sure okay um, don't scared of tall people yeah. and statistically on average men taller more likely to contain the tall people I think I, I maybe just need to learn some different styles of playing for when I play against giant people um, I think one yeah. thing that it did make me do when I was jamming that um, I think helped was getting really low, particularly like approaching the wall, kind of like crouching down really low. Um, because I think in then in that situation for the tall people, it's very hard for them. It's harder for them to hit you without them like hitting you in the head. Mm. If you can put the rest of your body like way down low and, you know, they're, they're all the way up there. <laughs> yeah like, I think you're, you're probably removing right. your body from the situation yeah yeah all this has made me think that there are there's at least one episode in there so I feel like yes. maybe there's like several episodes so I think like there's the there's so many interesting things to talk about and there'd be so many interesting people to interview around the topic of just men in roller derby or yeah. male roller derby I'm yeah. not really sure which one there yeah. um I feel like now maybe would be a particularly pertinent time to do that um, after the recent kind of uh, furore yes. of uh, the fisticuffs that occurred at the end of uh, MRDA Champs. Champs, yeah. Involving uh, your mum roller derby and gatekeepers roller derby. Yeah. Um, which seemed to cause quite the... Um, quite yeah. a lot of debate in the derby sphere, yes. shall we say. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, it'd be nice to talk to some men's roller derby players. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And it might be, that might be a good time, actually, to do a bit of a crossover with uh, the Nottingham Roller Derby podcast. Um, good Arrows. Which, yeah, Good Arrows. Very good. Good, good, good podcast. Um, yeah. And they mentioned us in their in their podcast, so we should mention them. It's reciprocal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, definitely check that out. And that's yeah, that's men. Um, I believe. What's the guy's name? Circle Jerk. And yeah. And, <laughs> and the other guy whose name. I stop every time that he says that, and I'm just like, it's just really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then again, I don't know if this is the same episode or another episode, but I think talking about gender more widely in roller derby, um, not just in relation to men, but in kind of the stuff that we touched upon earlier about mm. kind of um, what we mean when we're talking about gender in the context of roller derby and kind of the gender policies of the WFTDA and the MRDA, how that compares to other sports. Um, 
I'd be really interested to know, my feeling is that, well, and I'm sure this is probably true, that roller derby is a lot more gender inclusive than basically any other sport. Um, yeah. I don't know what you think. I feel like that's, that is a separate episode. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely, yeah. And then again, like kind of related to that, but again, but probably its own episode um, would, I think it would be interesting to talk about sexism. Yes. Um, I think, yeah, that's, sexism came up as a theme quite a lot in all this discussion around the fisticuffs at the MR, MRDA thing and quite a lot in in that comment in the comments on that in the discussions was kind of a back and forth of people saying things that other people perceive to be sexist and then accusations of people being sexist and kind of a lot of um a lot of that in a, in a sort of endless circle um so I suppose then we're talking about um, future topics probably on men in Royal Derby, um, on gender in Royal Derby more yeah. broadly, on um, sexism in Roller Derby. I yeah. think those are three kind of main things that we thought we might uh, do some episodes on. If you do want to, if you have any comments on those topics, head over to our Facebook page. But if you do feel like you have things to contribute on any of those topics that you would want to do anonymously um send us an inbox message or drop us um an email have the details at the end of the podcast um and we're very happy to keep your comments anonymous if that's what you prefer yeah that's good and also um we've got a lot of kind of uh, different ideas planned that are kind of far away from the kind of gender and sex and sexism and men and women and everything um things that are actually about playing roller derby uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got some episodes planned about playing roller derby. Um, so yeah, and and do um, we've kind of got a big long list of of ideas. But do feel free to to contribute if there's anything that you think you want to hear an episode about, um, or if you have a particular expertise in any kind of subject. Everyone loves talking about themselves, right? And everyone loves talking about roller derby. Yes, that's what we know about roller derby people. <laughs> everyone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say everyone in the world, but I don't think people who don't play roller derby they don't love talking about roller derby for some reason. No, it's know. weird. They yeah. just seem to find it really boring, and their eyes just glaze over yeah, almost immediately that? when you talk about roller derby. So yeah, yeah, weirdos. Um, uh, um, and on that note, <laughs> <laughs> we've been talking about roller derby for too long. Yes. Okay. Um, Let's wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. The end. Um, <laughs>
Let me just find it on me. I've got them all written on my phone, so I'm just gonna. I've got a few few choices, but I'm gonna pull up a good one. Yeah, please pick the best one. Okay, Jeff. Yes, Robin. Why are blockers good for the environment? Uh, I don't know. Why are blockers good for the environment? Because they're always recycling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> especially if it's that me, one, especially if I'm the jammer. That one is, that's pretty good for you, I think. You yeah. know, it wasn't laboured for a made-up joke. It was pretty snappy. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell at all that I'm running out of ideas now? <laughs> no, 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 no. I think they're getting better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I'm just getting into like the the swing of it. The dad jokes. More. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think you're in oh, a dad. Um, and we'll what? also take suggestions for more dad jokes, roller derby dad jokes. If anyone has any, I have actually had some messaged to me. So I'm gonna, <gasps> no way. Yeah, so I'm going to use some. Use yeah, some so good. Maybe we'll have to use yours. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. 